welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 18th of October 2015, entitled The Choices We Make, and the Bible reading is taken from Genesis chapter 13, verses 1 to 18. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. If you'd like to be opening your Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 13, believe it or not, I haven't forgotten been going through our series, and we've got a few sermons to finish off in Genesis in our Contending for the Faith series, but we've taken a little bit of a break from that. This morning our sermon is from the book of Genesis, not part of that particular series, but we'd like to take our reading from Genesis chapter 13, what will be a familiar reading to many of you. I invite you to stand this morning to honor the reading of God's holy word taken from Genesis chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, and to the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. The land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. The Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me, if thou wilt... Take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. The Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, and I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent, He came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Father, 
Thank you that we have this time together this morning. Thank you that we have your word that has been preserved for us. And Lord, now we seek and desire earnestly, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord. You know every heart. You know every need. Father, we stand dependent upon you. We pray that you would work the work in every life that is most needed this day. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. As I stated in the beginning, this is a very familiar biblical story to many. One that I'm sure you've probably heard read many times and maybe read it yourselves. There are lots of different things that can be taken from it. But our simple thought, if you would, this morning is this, the choices we make. The choices we make. You see, life is full of choices. We just read here that, of course, God had called Abraham out and he is leaving. He's leaving the land that he's familiar with behind. He's going forth with all of his possessions that he has and so is Lot. We find that there comes this point when some choices have to be made. And choices are made, and there are certainly consequences that come with those. One of the promises that God made Abraham here when he told him to look upon the land of Canaan was that he would make his seed numbered as the, as the dust of the earth. If you could count the dust of the earth, then you could count the seed of Abraham, which we know today as a Jewish race. We find that it's almost as expensive. You tried to number the choices that you make in life. How many choices do you make in one day? The number would be tremendous. How many choices in, in, in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year? We make choices all the time about so many things. I think one of the things that we must maybe think on many times is just where these choices will lead us because as I look back, I've stated before that some of what may have been or may have seemed at the time such insignificant choices Choices that didn't really matter. They weren't really important. And yet I look at where that simple choice took me, the path that it took me down, the consequences at the end. The choices that we make, how many of us could give illustration after illustration after illustration here today? When I was a 16-year-old young man walking down the the halls of my high school. I had, I thought my plans laid out before me. I had been kind of struggling in two previous years as to whether to go to seminary or to law school. And I had leaned towards law school and I had been accepted in the universities and all this. And walking down that hall one day as a joke, I said to a friend, I asked him a simple question. I said, where are you going after school today? It was quite common for when school finished many days just to 
to go and, and, and to, uh, to hang out at one of the local cafes and, you know, drink a Coke and probably, you know, eat some ice cream and do things that, uh, you know, just, just spend time together. And I didn't really think about it. I just asked him what he was doing after school. And he said, I'm going down to see the Navy recruiter. So I just made a joke back. I said, huh, I'm going to see the Air Force recruiter. I'm in it as, you know, well, if you can go see the Navy, I think the Air Force is better than the Navy. And he said, okay, I'll go with you. <laughs> I couldn't back out then. So we went down to see the Air Force recruiter. <laughs> and within a few days, I had joined the United States Air Force. <laughs> and I had a different path laid out before me. And it was one that really seemed to answer a lot of questions at the time because my problem was being a pastor's son, <laughs> my university was going to cost me a lot of money. <laughs> and I didn't have a lot of money, and my dad sure didn't have a lot of money. And here the Air Force has offered me, well, if you come with us, we'll pay for all of your university. We'll let you travel the world, and we'll pay for your education. And man, that sounded great to a 16-year-old kid. So not long after that, I signed my name on the line, and I had to finish high school before that uh, we could go off. But my course had changed, and I made a choice that I didn't even realize was really a choice walking down the hall one day about what I was going to do that day. But that choice led to meeting someone else that opened up some possibilities before me that I hadn't considered before. And so literally 10 days after graduating from school, I was off to boot camp. And from boot camp, I was off to college. And my life changed and all those things. And it wasn't anything what I'd made, but a few simple choices changed my whole course. I decided once I was there that I liked this thing so good, I decided that I was, I was going to fly fighter planes. That's what I wanted to do. I was going to be the next ace flyer of the world. So I went down and I took all these tests and I applied for this program. And lo and behold, I was accepted in and and I was supposed to do this. Of course, there was this little thing going on at the time known as the Vietnam War. <laughs> and because that it was a wartime and because of the, the job that they had trained me for, they said, okay, we're going to let you do this. But first of all, you've got to go off to your assignment and then we'll take it from there. Well, again, a lot of things happened. But I ended up trading my assignment in the United States for one in Zaragoza, Spain. Because some guy had married somebody and wanted to stay here. And I thought, hey, going to Spain, that's a good place. I'll just go there and, and spend my time, and then I'll come back and do my pilot training. A choice that was made that really the only thing that it seemed to make was the difference of whether I was going to spend the next year in Mississippi or in Zaragoza, Spain. But, of course, in Zaragoza, Spain, I met this beautiful young lady that became the love of my life. My choices changed again. I decided that our future mattered more to me than flying airplanes for the next 12 years or whatever. <laughs> and I started making other choices, and we made choices, and we started making choices together, and I ended up in this fine country of England here. <laughs> I chose then that I wanted to be married and have a family, and that really, I guess, that Air Force career was not what I really, really wanted to do. Life changed. You know, I made a choice walking down the hallway in high school that seemed to be so insignificant that changed my whole path and took me to a place that 
San Antonio, Texas, in boot camp that I never dreamed that I would be. Choices that I made while I was in college training that I thought was just really just a geographical thing that would affect only the next year of my life, but a choice that changed my whole life and choices that were made that when you began to trace them down, the whole rest of my life was changed because of a few choices that didn't really seem to, it wasn't like I was choosing between life and death. It wasn't like I was even choosing between good and evil. What I want you to grasp, and, and, and this story could go on, and each and every one of you have your own, when you begin to look back at some of the choices that you have made that have changed the whole direction of your life and where you are today. There were choices that were made that didn't seem that big at the time. That ended up making me one day pack my bags and leave my family and my home country behind to come here to this beautiful land of England. Not only that, to the wonderful city of Birmingham, where I've spent most of my adult life. Choices. The choices we make. I want you to consider just three things because... I think it's so vital because so many times as Christians, we forget. We forget that the choices that I make today can affect me and those around me forever. And sometimes it may not seem like that big, important of a decision, of a choice to make at that time. But that choice can change your whole future. The choices we make. First of all, when you make a choice, there are always considerations behind every choice that you make. There are considerations that must be considered. Why do you make the choice that you make? Whether it's important or whether you don't deem it as being important at all, there are choices. There is something that tilts you into making that choice in one direction or the other. And of course, many times in life, one of the chief elements in that consideration, if you would, in determining where we're going is just like it was with Lot here in our reading in Genesis chapter 13. Why was it? Because see, Abraham, on the one hand, said, Lot, you make a choice, and I'll abide by it. You get first choice. Wherever you want, there's no way that we all, we have too many cattle for all of us to stay in this one spot. We've got to separate. Our herdsmen, those that are keeping our flocks, there's already strife building between them because there's just not enough here to sustain all of us. So, Lot, you make a choice, and I'll take what's left over. You choose wherever you want for your men, for your family, for your flocks. You go to the left, I'll go to the right. You go to the north, I'll go to the south. Why did Lot make the choices that he made? What considerations came into it? Well, sadly, his chief element was not in determining what his relationship with God was going to be like and how it would be affected by this. But it was how would he get 
the greatest advantage? What would somehow make him more prosperous? And so as he began to look around, the Bible tells us very clearly, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. And those, he's looking for the best for himself. You see, there was, whether he even realized it or not, there was this selfish greed that was in his heart. He wanted the best. He wanted what was going to give him the most. There was a lack of generosity there. Abraham was saying, I'll take whatever. You take first choice. Lot is saying, I choose this because this is the best. This is where I can prosper the most. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Considerations. A complete disregard for any biblical principles a complete disregard for what God may want in his life, where God may want him, what God may want to do. It was all focused around how can I be the most successful? How can I have the most of what this world has to offer? You see, one of the greatest detriments in our considerations and the choices that we make is the consideration of the world around us, whether it's what other people are going to think? What other people are going to do? How is it going to benefit me? How can I get ahead the best? How can I be more prosperous? How can I have the most? You see, Lot at this point was willing to disregard everything that Abraham had already taught him. He was willing just to put that aside. His aim in life here in this choice is not to please God. It is to satisfy himself. It is even to satisfy desires that he may not be willing to admit. Those selfish fleshly desires that if you are human, they are there. There are things that you naturally are going to want and desire. Some of them good, some of them bad. What I'm saying is that Lot, in making this choice, his considerations were not... What does God want for me? What does God want to do with me? Where does God want me in my life? His considerations was what looks the best, what's going to satisfy me the most, what's going to do the most for me. There's no question. He had already seen what God had done with Abraham. God's guiding him. God's protecting him. But yet, he wasn't considering that in his own life. He wasn't considering the fact that Abraham had already set the example of worshiping God. They'd gone back to Bethel. They'd gone back to the altar. They'd gone there to literally get God's guidance and God's wisdom in all that we're doing to worship and acknowledge God for who he was. Lot was disregarding all of that. That had no place in his decision. Had he chosen differently, what difference would it have made in his life? You see, there are considerations behind every choice you make. And I'm saying to you today 
That choice may seem so insignificant, so unimportant. There is no such thing. There is no choice that is totally insignificant. If there's a choice to be made, there are considerations that ought to be made. I've said too many times, we don't consider God. We're all guilty of it. We make decisions every day. We just make spur-of-the-moment decisions. We decide this and we decide that. And we never take the time to really pray through it and, and seek God's guidance and seek God's will because we don't really need it in this. We know what we want. We know what we need. We know the path we're going down. Those choices. You see, when you're considering the choices in your life, what is it that you're considering? Are you just looking as Lot did on the things of this world and making a choice based upon how that can satisfy you and do, do the most for you? Because secondly, not only are there considerations behind our choices, but our course is determined by those choices. There are considerations behind it. We're going to base those choices on something. But when we make that choice, there is a course, a path that it will take us down as a result of that choice. I don't care if it's a simple choice of whether to get out of bed or not this morning. Your course is going to change if you're going to lay there flat of your back in that bed or if you're going to get out there and you're going to do something today. Simple choices. But there are always, always going to be paths and courses that it will take you down. When we look at Lot, what was the course? This, this simple choice. There was no strife in it. Abraham just generously said, Lot, you choose. You make a choice. We can't we can't continue on the path that we're on. I want you to make a choice. We're going to have to separate if we're going to be sustained in the land. Lot looks to the world, and he sees these great cities, and he sees all that that has to offer, and he sees these things that will satisfy him, and he chooses that because that looks like the most satisfying path to go. In actual fact, as we read on, we find that that was the beginning of a downward spiral. That choice that he made that day took his life down a path that ended in catastrophe. And it wasn't just an immediate spur-of-the-moment thing. You see, he considered this. What did it say there in verse 10? It says, and Lot lifted up his eyes. The first thing he did, he looked at the options that he had. He lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. We find that the first thing he did, he went into this with his eyes open. He was looking around. He saw and recognized what was before him. He made this choice knowing that it was going to lead him down a path because that's where he wanted to go. He may not have been considering 
all that would be entailed in that, the influence that that city would have on him. But this is one thing for sure. The choice that he made that day was away from God and towards the world. He was heading towards the sin of this city. He was heading towards that which looks so pleasing to the flesh. I'm sure without a shadow of a doubt that he did not consider all the ramifications of that. But you see, he lifted up his eyes. He looked. Verse 11 says, Then Lot chose. Then Lot chose. What did he choose? <laughs> he chose that that he had looked upon and considered with his eyes and was attractive to him. It looked good. It looked like a good way to go. It looked like where he wanted to be in life. He made a choice after looking and considering. This wasn't something that he didn't know what he was getting into. He wanted to go down that path. Notice what it said in verse 12. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and what pitched his tent toward where? Sodom. Now, we could read on, and we can find out a whole lot about Sodom. We find that when he looked, the Bible says this was all beautiful before what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. Here, he is intentionally pitching his tent, his dwelling, toward Sodom. He wanted to be close to the world. He wanted to be closer to that sin. Had he made a choice to disregard God from his life? I don't think so at this point. I think he was making choices. He had considered things, but he was considering for the wrong reasons. He was taking those considerations of what he thought would do the most for him in this fleshly life instead of what God wanted for him. We can't underestimate. You see, what's happening here is because of the choice that Lot made. He is on a downward spiral. Um, he didn't think he was going to go downward. He saw this as something that was going to make him better, that was more attractive, that was going to somehow give him more in this life. He didn't see it, but it was a path, a course, that was determined solely by the choice he made. He did not have to choose to go towards the sinful cities of this world. He didn't have to choose that. He looked upon it. He saw it as attractive. He went down that path. Maybe not even. I'm sure. No way did he realize the destruction that it would ultimately lead to. Considerations behind every choice we make. A course is determined by those choices Thirdly, consequences are incurred by the choices we make. We make a choice. That choice will take us down a certain path, but that path is leading to a definite destination. It is taking us somewhere in life. What was the result of Lot's choices? Well, first of all, he let him be taken as prisoner. Abraham had to come to his aid to get him out of that trouble. We know that because of the choices he made, that it 
caused him to lose his influence with his neighbors. If you've been here during the Bible study this morning, we talked about that. We talked about the whole thing for these last few weeks about the wisdom of a good reputation, that godly character, who we are, is far more important than all the wealth and riches of the world that we can collect. Well, we talked about some of those things that that does in our lives, and this is one of the things that we talked about. You see, Lot considered some things. He made some choices. They took him down a particular course. And what happens in chapter 19? Notice what it says here, picking up in verse 4. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about both old and young, all the people from every quarter. They called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes, only unto thee men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. They said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near the break to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. What happened here? Lot had lost every bit of influence that he had with his neighbors. These angels have come into his house. He's there and he's trying to protect them. Basically, if you'll allow me to be so plain and so blunt, his neighbors wanted to have a sexual relationship with these men. And they're begging to let them out. And Lot is to the point that he's actually offering them his daughters instead because he feels a certain responsibility for these. And in the end, they would not listen to him. He had lost his complete influence. The angels had to take care of him. I'm saying... Why had he lost all of his influence? Because of the choices that he had made? Because of the path that he had followed? The life that he was living there? He lost his influence with his family as well. Verse 14 of chapter 19, And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-laws. He knows now that God's going to destroy this sinful city. His own son-in-laws will not pay any attention to his warnings. He had lost his influence with his neighbors. He had lost his influence with his family. He lost his family. He lost all of his worldly possessions. Isn't that what had brought him in this direction in the first place, that he might be more prosperous in this life? Well, notice what it says in verse 24 and 25. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven, and he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew up on the ground. I want to say to you today, 
There may be things in this world that look attractive and they may look prosperous and all of these things, but God will rain down judgment upon sin. Not because of a lack of love, but because he loves so much and sin is so destructive and sin will destroy your life and sin will destroy everybody's life that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Sodom was a sinful city. It had turned itself over to the pleasures of the flesh in this world and that's what mattered to them. The city was godless. We know the Arguments in saving it, trying to find even five righteous. <laughs> they weren't to be found. Lot. <laughs> what was the consequences that he incurred because of his choices? Well, he lost all of his influence with his neighbors, his influence with his own family. He lost everything that he had in this world. All those worldly possessions were destroyed by fire. Verse 26, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. He even lost his wife, the one that he was one with in this life. There was only Lot, two daughters that were saved on Abraham's account. On Abraham's account. It was only because of Abraham's prayers, Abraham pleading with God, the one that was still walking with God, that Lot was spared. And those two daughters, may I say to you, if you read on down at the rest of the consequences, in verses 30 through 38, you'll find that Lot, in the end, lost all the honor he had. He ended up becoming the father of his own grandchildren. <laughs> Do you think that when Lot made that choice, when he considered the things before him, and he considered the land, and he considered the possessions, and he considered the pleasures of this world, and he chose to go in that direction, and he chose to cast close to them, he didn't have to be near to that sin. He chose to be there. He chose to go there. It was a choice that he made. And when he made those choices, they did have consequences that were ultimately his total destruction. Friends, what choices have you made? You can't change the choices that you've made in the past. I made this statement in the Bible. So, you know, we can't go back and undo and unchoose. We have made choices. And when we made those choices, we're the ones that made the considerations. We considered the things behind those choices. We went down the course, the path that they took us down. And we have and maybe still are incurring the consequences that they brought us. May I say to you today, I cannot. I say this with the love of a pastor's heart. Your choices are so important. You know that everybody here this morning, everybody will make choices, even before you leave this building today, that will have consequences 
on where your life goes from here. The consequences, the importance of choosing, of choosing right, of choosing what God wants, of choosing not just a work that will be prosperous as Lot did. He was looking at how he could build his possessions more but the right work where God wants you to be. Where does God want your life? What does God want you to be doing? The right work, the right place, the right school, the right courses, the right education. May I say I cannot overstress the importance of the right companions. So many, the consequences in Lot's life was because he chose the companions of this world. He chose the wrong people to be around. I can't overstress the importance of that. Young people and old people alike. You're not too young and you never get too old. Again, we talked this morning, all of us, our lives affect other lives and other lives affect our lives. The importance above all else, of knowing that you even have a relationship with God. You see, I want to say to you, you see, Lot's religion was a second-hand religion. We don't find where that Lot had a personal relationship with God. He had a relationship with God through Abraham. He knew about God through Abraham. Abraham was following God. Lot was following Abraham part of the time and then the world. You see, Lot even experienced some great blessings in his life on account of Abraham's relationship with God. But Lot didn't have the personal relationship that he needed. You wonder if he was on speaking terms. You find nowhere that he considered God in making this. Lord, what do you want me to do? God, where do you want? It's God that had led them out of their country in the first place and brought them to this place. Where does God want to take you from here? I'm asking you this morning. You see, you will make choices here today. Some of you here today, maybe you've had a dose of religion like Lot did. Maybe you've had, made some bad choices that have brought some terrible consequences in your life. You can't change that. But you can make choices today. And what are you going to consider in making those choices? What the world can give you or what God can give you? What you can do for the world or what you can do for God? You see, you're the one that will make those choices and everybody will make them for themselves. Do you have a first-hand personal relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ? If you don't, you will choose to leave this building today still without that relationship. Or you can choose to leave here with a personal relationship that you've got a relationship with God that it's not just what mom and dad believes, that it's not just what your friends believe, it's what you believe. It's your life and what you're doing with your life. Your choice. Your choice. Where do you want to go? 
Do you want to follow a path like Abraham did that was going to be blessed to even to here today as we gather here today? Or do you want the consequences that Lot received? Abraham's seed was going to be numbered as the dust of the earth. Lot saw most of his destroyed before his eyes, and then even he himself, stooping to the vilest and the lowest. He didn't see that was where it was taking him, but it is today. Do you have that personal relationship? You can choose today. You will make a choice. You will either receive him or reject him. There is no in-between, folks. If you say, well, I'll put it off. I'll think about it. I'll do it later. I've got to consider some things. Well, consider this. You've got now, and the choice you make now will take you down a course that you will face the consequences for with or without Jesus Christ, with God or with the world. You have an opportunity to choose now. I'm not trying to scare you. But friend, I don't care who you are. You don't know that you'll have that choice again. And you can't blame God because you'll make the choice. That's just to wake you up. This is a simple account that God has given us of a life, and we see where it took him. We find that, you know, the best way to experience gain in this world is to be willing to act as Abraham did. Be willing to give everything up. <laughs> be willing to leave everything behind. Be willing, even as he did with Lot, be willing to yield everything that's there. You see, Abraham was trusting God for his future. He wasn't trusting the wonderful land around him and the cities and all those things. It didn't matter geographically where he was if he was with God. In the Bible, you never gain by taking. The only way to gain in God's economy is by giving, by yielding. You can yield your life to God. You will choose today. Do you really want God? You say, preacher, that's kind of scary, not having control of my own life. And yes, in some ways it was, just as Abraham's choice. He yielded himself. He didn't know. I'm, God said, get up and go. Abraham went up and went. Where am I going? You know, I'll show you when you get there. <laughs> Are we willing to follow God knowing him? Are we willing to make those choices? You see, it's the mercy of God, the mercy of God that's giving you the opportunity of a choice today. It was the mercy of God that saved old wayward Lot from destruction that day, and it's the mercy of God that will save you. The mercy of God that's given you this opportunity today, but what will you do with it? I'm not trying to be mean. I am trying to point out to you the choice you make right now may be the most important that you ever, ever make in your life. Have you been living off of a secondhand religion or do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? You can choose that relationship today. We're going to sing. We're closing hymn. Three verses 
of the song, Just As I Am. God willing, this evening, if you're back in the evening service, we'll be looking at a simple thought. What did I title it? A new leaf or a new life. You can turn over a new leaf. You can change things. You can put some things away. But a new leaf will only get you so far. God's offering you a new life. Your old life been messed up? <laughs> Your old life, have you suffered some terrible... Con I'm telling you, today, you can choose Jesus from the sincerity of your heart. You've probably had that choice before. You can either accept it or you can reject it. Don't carry on. You see, the songwriter said, just as I am without one plea. There is no other plea. There is no other hope, but you have it today. Everyone standing, every head bowed, every eye closed as Maurice begins to play for us. Just a couple of important questions this morning. If I ask you right now, nobody looking around, nobody worrying what anybody else is doing, this is not to embarrass I'm asking you right now. Have you chosen to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? If you're here and you don't have that absolute certainty of knowing, would you at least choose right now to care enough about your soul and about your destiny? This won't make you a Christian. But it'll show God that you're serious, that you're at least considering, you're taking into consideration some things in the choice that you're going to make this morning. Will you lift your hand and say, Preacher, I would really appreciate your prayers that I make the right choice. Would you pray for me? I don't have the certainty of knowing that I personally have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I would really appreciate your prayers. Would you slip your hand up right now? Anyone? Anywhere? Does it matter to you? Do you care? Do you care where you're going to spend eternity? Would you slip your hand up and say, please pray for me? Are you here? And maybe you've made that choice before, but you know you've made some wrong choices. Maybe you've been pitching your tent towards this world just as Lot did. Maybe it's looked enticing. Maybe it's looked prosperous. Maybe it's looked like that's the way I want to go. But in fact, you haven't really considered the most important thing. Where does God want you to go? What does God want to do with your life? Would you slip your hand up and say, I've made some wrong choices. I would really appreciate your prayers that I'll start making the right choices. God bless these hands. God sees your hands and God sees your heart. One final question. You're here today. You know the Lord. You've made bad choices. You've made good choices in the past. But right now, would you slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I thank God for reminding me this morning of the importance of every choice that I make. Would you pray for me that I will consider God in every choice that I make, that I will consider what God wants in His direction in the choices I make today and from here forward, would you slip your hand up, Christian? 
God sees those hands. God knows your heart. Father, you know every heart here this morning. And Lord, I, I don't. You know, you knew everyone that would be here today before you laid this sermon upon my heart. Lord, Lord I, I remember thinking when you first laid this passage on my heart, I'm thinking, well, Lord, you know, I've preached that passage in different ways before. But Lord, you know, when you gave me these thoughts, you knew every person that would be here. You knew the need of the hour. So I can only trust you now, Lord, that you do the work in the hearts that only you can do. I've tried to deliver this message as honestly as I know how with all of my inabilities. But Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts. You've seen every hand that was raised here. Lord, I know there are those here today that do not have the certainty of that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for them. Help them not to consider the wrong things here today. Help them to make the right considerations that'll take them down a course, that'll bring the consequences of a relationship with you and a life with you, Lord, in that which can truly matter for all of eternity. Father, you've seen every hand. You know those that are sincere about their Christian walk. There are those that have made bad choices and desire to correct those things. There are those that, Lord, just want to be sure that in the choices they make, they consider the right things. They consider you in all of it. So, Father, you work in hearts. If there are those here today, Lord, help it not just to be some passing emotion. Maybe there are those here today that genuinely and honestly, maybe they just need to kneel in this altar and give it to you. Maybe they need to seek a strength, a guidance, a wisdom, or for that which lies ahead for them. Maybe it's just that special moment of prayer. Lord, bring those that need to be saved. Bring those that need to recommit. Lord, help those that want a closer walk with you today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.